Hello, Namaste. I welcome you all to the 101st session of Guru Bodha. I welcome you all to this session. And on behalf of us, all of us students, I cordially welcome Dr. Guraja sir to this session. I also cordially welcome Dr. Raghuram sir to this session. This session is brought to you by easyairoda.com. I dedicate this and all of my works at the holy feet of Dr. H. Chandrasekhar Udupa. So coming to the topic of the day is uh, the herb arka. In the last class, we discussed about how uh, arka or calatories is useful in digestive disorders. It being used in many, many, uh, many diseases as an ingredient for in many, many medicines, especially the uh, digestive disorders. Not only that, arca or calotropis has uh, its uses beyond just the digestive disorders. I request Guraja sir to take us through this. Definitely, this arca is one of the upavisha in what we kept in Ayurveda as a distinct categories of drugs, which have a very moderate to a higher range of penetrating capacity to enter into deep into the tissues. And uh, this entire plant, arca, is used in various formats. Entire uh, plant is used for making flora. Even the flowers are used. Even the seeds are used. Even the root are consumed. Even the latex is also used. So this is a very uh, typical uh, type of drug and a very very useful one. And the name itself suggests it is arka, uh, somewhere related to the sun because of the, the penetrative and the sharp nature. This is extensively used in various uh, ulcer managements or vidradi, we can say, and even in the management of uh, respiratory system related diseases, or it may be even the asthma conditions like, and even in the you know, uh, digestive disorders for the purpose of increasing the agni and improve the digestive penetrative capacity and secrete the more enzymes and juices, which is suitable for digestion as well as, but of course it's always being a upavisha and strong in nature. It has a special capacity to cause some issues if it is goes beyond the limit. For example, if it is consumed beyond a particular uh, dosage, then it because of its uh, capacity of uh, hotness and all the penetrative capacity, the tikshnata, it causes irritation in the mucous membranes as well as the soft areas of the body or where the tender areas of the body, we may get uh, itching or even sometimes ulcerations. We need to take care while using this. Of course, dosage is a very important criteria. Along with this, this entire uh, plant is uh, subjected for uh, burning and it is being made into ash and it is washed to get the chara. And this chara is of a very good one and even sometimes from the milk or the latex of this plant also is having a chara tattva. It is extensively used in the purpose of wound healing and particularly nadi mrana type of thing. I have made one uh, combinations sometime back in one of my cases where there was a multiple nadi branas were there. It is not totally a bagandara but it you can get as a shataponaka bagandara something like that. So in that condition, there was internal openings and there was a connection between things. So in that type of Nadi Vrana, I have tried with uh, Kshāravarti. I prepared on my own Kshāravarti Varti. In that, I have used the Kshīra of Arka. And this has given me a very wonderful result. And by very fast application itself, the entire sinus granulation tissue, which is uh, coming in the way of uh, healing process, will be totally removed from the place. And it becomes a fresh, neat, clean wound and helps in later very easily healing. So it's one of the wonder drugs. Of course, with a very sharpness, just like a knife, 
you should know how to use it and where to use it what are the precaution to be taken it should not hurt us thank you sir and uh, coming coming to few details of it uh, this is quite commonly used in uh, uh, many types of swedas and also to apply as well i think this along with the nirgundi and castor oil uh, sorry castor leaves are very frequently used uh, like in, in the case of swelling its leaves are collected and warmed and uh, it, it is a little sesame oil or any you know pain relieving oil is applied over it warmed and then applied so uh, very good not only for oral intake or in the form of chara even the leaf as is is also very useful sir definitely it is very useful but we need to be very careful while using this leaf just like a heart swedana rupanaha with this but take you should take care that it should not hurt the skin because it has a very strong nature and we need we should be uh, you know we should use it with the caution that what type of people we can use it for example if a person is of pitta nature pitta prakriti nature if he is using it then there may be chances of ulcerations also so that needs to be taken care of taken care of but it is a very very good paint reliever when it is made hot the leaves and some oil is applied like nirvidi thela or even the chiravala something like that then over that if it is a hot leaves are applied the shoda the swelling very easily comes down it's a very good one but care to be taken it should not hurt this if this person is a sensitive skin and a person is belongs to pitta prakriti it should be taken I mean used with a lot lot of caution thank you sir and uh, yeah, there are few remedies uh, these are few, this one. i mean all this information is available in easyayurveda.com just uh, this one interesting that it is used as vamanopaga but uh, one very important use very common household practice somewhat in the folklore we have seen wherever something enters into the uh, sole of the feet to clear it up when it is not coming out easily the people use clear uh, of this um, arka into that area and it easily uh, it has a enzymes which can easily break up the proteins nearby and that's why it easily removes the foreign body which is stuck into the skin which is not coming out so that's why it's a common folklore practice whenever there is a such type of things a thorn or something like that which is entered to the feet it is not coming out and it is giving lot of trouble then they will apply the few drops of clear up this and which usually very easily makes the things to foreign body to come out of the body and next later it also helps in easy healing thank you sir and uh, moving on it is because of its thickness and all it's straight out katurasa laguruksha tikshna and katuvipaka ushna like straight out uh that's that's why it is so much aligned with ushnata that you know pitta people should be taking care while using it and uh, yeah uh, it is told kshira markasya vamanesa virechane but charaka himself but very not so very commonly used for these purposes right sir the very simple reason is that it is just like a double edged sword it is so good in action but also it causes side effects when if it is just goes beyond your limit of dosage or any planning something like that and it is not a such a type of drug which yields a result without giving any side effects so better way you need to avoid it and because of this complication little bit many people are practitioners won't easily use this when there is a better alternative for the woman and virachana they don't go for it otherwise the drug has a capacity but have provided that the dosage has to be very properly maintained otherwise it is going to cause ulceration in throat the gastric tract and it becomes another another problem for us later to handle that
Thank you, sir. And then it is using Kusta, Gulma, Udara, and uh, Deepana, Shotahara, etc. Mentioned flower is also mentioned for many different actions. And Chara, we already covered Tikshma, Tikshna, Gulma, Pliha, and Pachana, Deepana are the. Okay. So this one, uh, in the Charavarti that you said that you prepared, apart from Calatropis, uh, what other things you use, sir, out of your essay? This is a very typical uh, combination I made it, which contains twak, the bark of cinnamon zeylanica. It contained twak and it contained areka nut, supari, areka nut, arpugafala, and along with that, haridra was there, turmeric, haridra was there. While the fine powders of these, I mixed it with kheera of arka and made it to worry. So uh, by combining the powders of twak, and betel nut and haridra, that is tamarik, and that fine powder is mixed with kshara, I mean, that is a kshara of the arka, and made into a roll into vartis. So then they have been sun dried, then they are kept inside the bottle and used fresh because you cannot keep it long because I now have not used any preservatives or anything like that. So I cannot keep it long. So it is as in now fresh, it is done. Maybe. Uh, thank you, sir. And you, you mean to say the cotton wicks were used or the whole herb powder were made, made in the form of wicks? No, it is. I'm rolling to it. It's a longitudinal pill. As of the government, in the size of the Nagarana, I made it rolled into a wick like without the support. There is no thing, you know, support structure over that is applied to say, not like that. Entire thing is a wick that has been developed. Just like the cotton wicks we prepare now for Deepam, similarly it has been done. The, the betel nut is understandable being astringent and turmeric has wound healing properties. Like why cinnamon? Cinnamon is one of the best uh, wound healer as well as antiseptic and it causes a very clear sloughing out and removes everything from the wound. It makes the wound clean and it is a very good wound healer. Thank you, Desa. And uh, probably being, being a uh, Raghuram sir, please. Uh, question to uh, Guraj sir. Wonderful preparation, sir. This. Uh, uh, sir, I would like to just know if there are any contraindications of uh, administering this Charavarti uh, uh, and have you seen any intolerance in patients or is it uh, like generalized as safe? There is no uh, any controversy, I mean, in, uh, contraindications for this, but only thing is that it is being very sharp in its action. So what happens is the day one when we use this, the whole night a patient may have some trouble with the pain. So we already covered with the painkillers for that person. And when next day, 24 hours he comes, sometimes the patient may develop even fever out of that temperature and these things. And once the sloughing is started, and when you open the wound, totally all those things, granulation, everything will be just melted and it comes out easily. So this happens in first 24 hours. To 36 hours. This is what happens with me when we use this um, Varti in the Nadi Vranas. But after that, I don't repeatedly, I don't use it. Once the Vrana is clean and neat and it is showing a healthy picture, then I'll go for just Vranavat Chikitsa, regularly dressing and feeling the things. Uh, okay, sir. How how frequently or how less frequently it is used until complete healing is done? Maximum number of sittings for the patient, how many you have seen, sir, in your practical this one, clinical experience? So the case which I used with the information or the data from that case, I will tell you the information. I used in this case only twice. First day I used it and next day when he came for dressing, there was a complete the removal of the slug. Then second day also I used it and next when we come from third day, it was almost a big hole like entire thing was just 
came out and there is only healthy red tissue was there but due to inflammation was there so then after that i didn't use any varthi directly went for the jatyadigrita and all those things with the bandaging so that it can be healed easily i didn't go for that only just one or two varthis i used in each chetapanada bagandara openings wherever there is opening i used in one opening one or twice only thank you sir thank you yeah in- interesting is that uh, uh, there is also a fumigation mentioned by acharya charaka himself with uh, with the leaves i think this can be easily practiced arkalis are dried and burnt and py- uh, uh, hemorrhoid masses are exposed to the fumes it reduces pain itching and uh, size of the pile definitely it works and it is practicable yeah uh, yeah and also dupana is one of the uh, interesting use case of this alaka uh, so there is a question here that uh, in cases of in case of dysmenorrhea can arkapatra with castor oil for fermentation be used over abdomen uh, your thoughts on this sir please hello uh, so the question can hello. can see it on the screen sir so can can, can you use arkapatra with castor oil fermentation yeah. for dysmenorrhea definitely can be used or it can be usable but only thing is the observed where you are into apply you are applying it onto the lower abdomen comparably always a covered area and a very sensitive area and of course you are doing it in case of females so they are more comparably sensitive than male the skin texture is also like that so taken all these factors into consideration then you can use it for that but we have got many other drugs for the better compliance of dysmenorrhea why you want to go for this it's only a local things and dysmenorrhea usually occurs in the very deep inside you can go with other the modalities to overcome the dysmenorrhea rather than using this one uh, thank you sir I, even sometimes this uh, ready made liniments available they also help in at least uh, lo- local application can, can at least help in reducing the spasm to some extent in case of dysmenorrhea acharya chakras uh, intention very clear he says that whenever you do chikitsa it should clearly remove the pathology but it should not give rise to a new disease so that's usually i keep it in mind when we treat any condition our intervention should not create something other unusual things when we know this this is a very strong and uh, comparably ushna and tikshna it is better to avoid to applying these things directly onto the those areas which are totally uh, somewhat sensible areas because that needs to be taken care and usually the arkapatra uh, these things and uh, applied as a lepa or something like that in particularly the joint related shothas the area joint it is comparatively stronger than the lower abdomen where we are planning to apply in case of uh, dysmenorrhea which may not be suitable thank you sir ragram sir please in case of uh, dysmenorrhea i think uh, so to keep it simple dysmenorrhea can be understood as uh, being caused by the vata which is governing the lower portions of the body that's uh, apana vata to be very precise so because uh, uh, all those uh, activities which uh, occur in the lower portion of the body like defecation urination menstruation everything is under the control of uh, apana vata if there is no avarana so there may be some avarana conditions also so considering it as a simple uh, like uh, a vata condition uh, application of uh, oil so that is abhanga or mild abhanga or samvahana over that particular area with any vata hara taila preferably even kila taila also will do uh, followed by uh, hot fermentation nowadays we can go with hot hot bag fermentation or uh, a cloth dipped in hot water in which salt is mixed that particular fermentation also will do uh, if it is mild to moderate variety so if it is severe dysmenorrhea and if it is occurring almost every month so deeper pathology should be found out 
pitta association should be found out avarna should be found out and dealt accordingly and for this to do many measures uh, need to be followed so like uh, the treatment should be done in the avega uh, avastha like uh, between two cycles uh, appropriate time should be found out and uh, in that particular period when the symptoms of dysmenorrhea are not very active in the, that is the right period uh, to address this particular uh, issue and also uh, to take care of uh, vata or any associated doshas in such condition apart from that the virechana and also vasti and putravasti so will also help so if it is of very 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 severe so this i am speaking about the ultimate weapon if it is of a severe uh, sort and some oral medications which can ease in the pain and also correct the mechanism of uh, uh, menstruation can be brought into practice especially in the avega avastha avega avastha vega avastha is what i mean when there is dysmenorrhea and the woman is undergoing menstruation dysmenorrhea and the symptoms are very active at that time some measures to ease the pain should be done if it is a very chronic condition and if uh, the person is suffering from so many months or so many years between two cycles where we get a gap in that particular period active treatment should be given so that the further cycles are eased thank you sir good sir please so we need to understand that what is this menorrhea is which is in ayurveda it is been correlated to kashtartava particularly the women in entire cycle will not be having any dysmenorrhic thing only when it is started to flow the menstruation or just before starting of the menstruation because this pain is developed or generated due to the separation of the endometrium from the which is going to be shed out that is uh, separation is leading to pain so if it is easily separated then there will be no pain and it will goes up very easily but when there is a dysmenorrhic conditions because vata instead of moving downwards which in its uh, apana vayu it's moving in its apana direction instead of that it is moving in udhana direction then it comes the problem then it's called as udhavarta or something like that so that's the reason we will get all these type of uh, unnatural pains during that time so it requires a systemic management throughout the cycle there will be something which can in controller regularize the hormone levels and even the cycles and during the period time specifically the, the three four days earlier to the period and during the period so something about seven eight days that's the time where require uh, particularly the muscle relaxants as or even antispasmodic type of drugs that type of thing and that can be achieved very easily in most of my cases what i use is ingvastika churna in a sufficient dosage with sukumar agartha which gives me a wonderful relief in all my cases and many times i use that menos menocramp tablet it also gives very clear uh, pain relief usually i started from three tablets per day morning one night one afternoon one like that after the food on the 21st day of the cycle till the 31st day of the cycle so continuously you need to take it so when the, the continuously when it is taken usually during the period time the um, the female will not have any problem as such and she will have a very good and uh, uh, ease menstruation ఆర్ధ్రపాణిస్తాన్ empty stomach why is anuvasana done after uh, food see anuvasana vasti is uh, a type of vasti wherein uh, the oils and uh, grutas that is thailand gruta so either individually or in a mixed uh, 
proportions are used generally for what the conditions for other conditions also it can be given according to the indication the question is why is anvasana done after the food and niruha done on empty stomach see niruha has more over a uh, cleansing activity so apart from that uh, we can discuss a wide magnitude of uh, actions of niruha vasti anvasana vasti also has a, a wide magnitude of uh, actions so like uh, general in general practice when we see these are used to uh, balance uh, each other so like uh, once kashaya vasti is given so uh, many uh, practitioners practice panchakarma practitioners or ayurveda practitioners once kashaya vasti is given it is altered with uh, anvasana vasti so that kashaya vasti might cause uh, both are vata balancing so because kashaya vasti or niruha vasti also has oil or ghee in it the sneha is there but in a smaller proportion the kashaya and uh, the other ingredients are also there apart from that we have taila or gruta or yamaka according to our convenience we have mixed in that so there are different ingredients in niruha vasti and uh, in sneha vasti or anvasana vasti we give oil or ghee again a combination of both so many people have practiced trivrut and also mahasneha uh, like combination of all the four snehas so depending on uh, the yukti the practice and classical references and the diseases uh, which they are addressing so generally uh, it is seen that kashaya vastis are very very stronger they may they may expel excess of doshas and it may cause little bit of rukshata in the system as a lubricant the following day or the same day evening some people practice astapana in the morning and uh, that is astapana i'm using the uh, synonyms astapana is a synonym for niroha vasti or kashaya vasti anuvasana vasti is a sneha vasti again it has uh, many variants depending on the quantity what we take so to provide lubrication and to control if after kashaya vasti or niroha vasti if there is slight rukshata increased or which may lead to the aggravation of vata little bit though the intention of giving astapana vasti is not to increase vata if at all effect occurs so to counterbalance it the following day the anvasana vasti is given so then again the kashaya vasti is followed so there is also a practice that people continuously give kashaya vasti or niruha vasti but there is a, a general practice which has been uh, brought into practice even uh, the, the shastras also tell it is better to alter kashaya vasti so that is why we have the programming of vastis you no know, kala vasti and all those vastis where different uh, quantities of kashaya vasti and niruha vasti and anvasana vasti are given one after the other there also we see a sequence so like uh, niruha is given then anvasana is given niruha is given anvasana is given in that particular order so moreover both have similar properties both have vata balancing activities apart from that uh, anvasana is a counterbalance which is given to the uh, niruha vasti on the other day so that is that is one of the properties of uh, anvasana vasti so when we see anvasana is more more over a nourishing type of vasti and kashaya vasti is more type of a cleansing type of vasti so now coming to this particular question after this small uh, intro anvasana should should be done after the food because once you take the food the food food what happens it is there in the amashaya that is the stomach and the upper part of the intestine when the vasti is given when oil enema is given from uh, the gudamarga its limitation will be to reach to the colon so that is the most uh, low portion of the colon that is the beginning portion of the colon that is the large intestine and it is not desired that the medicine goes into the small intestine up into the stomach and 
just guess if the oil is going through the stomach it may go in an upward direction and it may come to the mouth also if the entire stomach is uh, like empty so when we are giving an empty stomach there are instances when anvasanabasti when given on empty stomach has given serious complications i mean serious complications uh, in uh, uh, one of the case uh, so i don't want to mention where so when uh, uh, I came into the teaching uh, profession. I had heard that the serious uh, consequence of giving anuvasanavasti on empty stomach uh, took the patient to the emergency. And the modern doctors also screamed and shouted and uh, said, what you people are doing, you people have created such a uh, panic situation. The patient also went to coma. Okay, so that may be some, uh, some cases, but definitely complications are due to uh, happen. So because we need to follow the Shastra, we need to follow the uh, methodology in which Ayurveda has explained. So here, the food becomes a barrier. The food in the stomach becomes a barrier so that the sneha does not reach above that, above that particular level, and it is not desired. It is also uh, uh, like uh, sneha basti moves very faster. So like it has a slippery action, and we are giving the vasti in the sleeping position for the patient. And in the Pashat Karma, that is in the follow-up, we lift the limbs and do all those things so that the enema, uh, the oil enema reaches uh, the entire intestine. So in that particular process, it may move too high. It should not move too high. And the oil or the sneha, which is given in the Anuvasanavasti, has a very quick movement, very quick movement. So it tends to pass very quickly and reach uh, and cross that particular barrier of stomach and uh, come into the oral cavity whereas uh, the kashaya was the so when kashaya is given the there is uh, those who have experienced will know sneha vasti when it is given so that is nuvasan uh, vasti when it is given the patient has comparably a larger tolerance capacity the person can hold that oil or ghee for a pretty long time in the intestine so in that particular time if there is empty stomach the oil creates mischief oil creates mischief and tends to move in an upward direction. So because oil enema is moreover lubricating, moreover it stays in the intestine for pretty long time and the patient can tolerate, patient or a person who is taking Anuvasanavasti can tolerate and have the retention of Anuvasanavasti for a pretty long time. But it is not the case with Kashayavasti. Now coming to the Kashayavasti or the Niruhavasti in which Kashaya is a predominant ingredient there, though I said Sneha or uh, oil or ghee is also there in Niruhavasti in a smaller quantity. The large proportion is the kashaya. So here the kashaya is very tikshna, that is very strong in action. Though by the time it enters the large intestine, many people will immediately have a defecation reflex. Many people will have a defecation reflex when kashayavasti is given. So even before the kashaya thinks of reaching the higher zone, it will come out. So here, the intention is the food should not be given and there should not be hindrance for at least the kashaya to move to that particular extent. Okay, so the, uh, scientifically also we can see in different perspectives. I am just giving a classical way, uh, classical experience, uh, this one explanation so as to why uh, these things should be given. So sneha vasti should be given after food because we want a barrier there so that the sneha quickly doesn't, because it stays for a long period and it shouldn't go high up. And kashaya vasti, so because it should be given on empty stomach, so because uh, we don't require a barrier there. 
we don't require a barrier there and kashaya doesn't move to that particular this one high up also it goes inside it's more over a cleansing it mixes with the stools and also the doshas and comes out in a small quantity quantum of time here we need to see that the person has less tolerance to kashaya vasti to fold that is the retention to retain the kashaya vasti it is very very difficult so we need to uh, encourage the patient to hold the kashaya vasti for a, a longer period for anuvasana vasti we need not but it is also said that if kashaya vasti doesn't come out very quickly so it also produces uh, its own complications and sneha vasti we can wait till the evening for the sneha to come out but it is not the case with the kashaya vasti so one thing is the food acting as a barrier or not acting as a barrier wanting the medicine to reach and also we want the kashaya vasti to at least reach the entire intestine and uh, come back so it has a quick action okay so there we don't want a barrier we want the free movement of kashaya inside and come out sneha goes very slowly and retended for a long time and if retended for a long time tends to move in the upward direction very quickly due to its quick action so that is why the food here is a barrier and the, the, there may be a question what happens if we do the opposite opposite like uh, giving kashaya vasti after taking the food definitely there will be some complications if we give anuvasana vasti or sneha vasti on empty stomach definitely it will have its own complications those who have given those who have experienced will know what complications it may be mild to moderate to very severe complications also may occur so this is a small explanation there thank you sir good sir please i have my understanding uh, maybe you are wrong i don't know see i have very clearly specifically told certain things in the concept they have used that and they understood even the complications then only the ultimate gist has been given in the samitas you need to do it in this way means they are straight away guiding us to go for a right path so i take this information from the ayaryas as aptopadesha they very clearly said anuvasana it is better to give it after the food anuva and kashaya vasti in empty stomach the probable reason reason may be from my intuitions and my understanding i can give you my explanations and uh, if anything goes wrong uh, please correct me dr gram uh, this is the thing is what i understood is oils whatever we give it is having comparatively less saraguna when compared to water or a kashaya kashaya has very fast spreading nature when compared to the oil or a ghee because of its what you call uh, gurutva or even saraguna hmm? based on that so whenever we push a basti containing oil or a grita it won't reach out up to the stomach it won't go up to there because it will be comparatively even though we give it as some pressure when it moves because of its stickiness of the oil or anything like that it is comparatively moves to a particular level which is not beyond certain level whereas when you are pushing with the same pressure the kashaya bastis it tend to move still upward so that is the reason there is a possibility that may come in contact with the food inside that may be the reason that acharya swari said that when you are doing kashaya basti don't um, go for a food i mean um, there should be empty stomach and when you are doing in uh, sneha basti it is better you can have it on after the food so maybe this is one explanation or one type of explanation for this understanding absolutely Abs absolutely sir so that that's also logically uh a really app like a kashaya may come into contact with uh, uh this one uh, so like uh, we, we don't have proof it is why as uh, guru rajesh rightly said uh, the, uh what uh, aptopadesha or whatever has been said in the shastra is uh, uh, correct 
and uh, regarding the sneha and also the kashaya reaching uh, yes kashaya as i said it has a very, very quick uh, uh, action and uh, probably sneha as guruji sir said it may be right sneha stays long and it moves uh, slow kashaya that's what that's what i was telling sneha stays for a longer time so it even if it doesn't come by the evening uh, more uh, so unless it creates some complications nothing to bother so uh, and kashaya it moves very quickly so because um, and also when we see uh, anvasanavasti and niruhavasti the niruhavasti quantity is more the niruhavasti quantity is more as guruji sir said it may move quickly upwards and come in contact with the food and it may uh, move towards uh, uh, the mouth also very quickly so or it may create vomiting sensation and other things so what i have uh, uh, experienced uh, or what i have heard some physicians some senior uh, uh, physicians tell about the snehavasti is when it was uh, wrongly or uh, accidentally done on an empty stomach the sneha udvega just like we take sneha from the oral cavity so like in the snehapana the person will have the sensation of puking so that is why we are given given some hot water and other things to uh, specify the particular effect so in comparison to the kashayavasti so the person experiences that is uh, that sneha somewhat sneha moving towards uh, the mouth or uh, quickly moving towards the mouth that sensation may be there without uh, if the food is not a uh, barrier so that is why food is a barrier so that that was uh, the concept i i said and gurajasar's explanation is also very scientific like uh, if kashayavasti uh, which is large in quantity moves very quickly towards uh, the stomach it may come in contact with the food or it may push the food upwards and cause nausea and other symptoms so that is also scientifically uh, accepted and appreciated sir and the uh, to clarify the kashaya basti being a combination of honey maksika lavana sneha kalka and kwata uh, the o- o- overall it, it can be slightly more viscous or thicker when compared to the uh, oil or uh, ghee which is given uh, uh, in lukewarm condition and added with little bit of sandal lavana in some cases and and also the purpose of the sneha or the area of action of this sneha basti is mainly the large intestine and it, it is not like uh, yeah, it can reach up to the stomach being it, it can, being spreading in nature and, and all that but having food in, in the stomach will give a sort of a signal to the intestine not to carry anything in the reverse direction so that could also be the reasoning and uh, Uh, coming to a few questions on this topic here what kind of food is suggested before anavasana basti for that i quoted the sushruta shloka itself it says na cha atisnigdam ashanam bhojayitva anuvasayet madam murcham cha janayet vidha sneha prayojita means too oily food should not be taken uh, should not be given ahead of anavasana basti because uh, ayurveda uh, categorically uh, advises to avoid sneha prayoga or two different orifices so this, this can be intoxicating and you know patient may also feel fainting and also ruksham bhuktavato hinnam balam varanam cha hapayet if too much dry food is given it it beats the purpose of uh, making the uh, costas uh, bringing the snehata to the costa it can also decrease or deplete balay and varana of the a uh, patient and in the same shloka he goes on to explain and he, he goes on to explain this is like ideal food yukta snehamato jantum bhojayitva anuvasayet 
uh, means yukta sneha the commentator gives the meaning as alpa sneha so the food that is given ahead of sneha uh, sneha bhakti should be should have alpa, alpa sneha and yusha uh, kshira rasa rasa tasmad yathavadim samikshava so based on the disease it can be soup a uh, milk or uh, med medicated milk uh, or even uh, meats uh, meat juice etc etochitam padahinam bojayitva anuvasayat so it should be three fourths of the quantity of the regular food it should not be uh, you know up to the full stomach so these are the guidelines given there i noticed that matrabasti have reacted low agni in patient why this why did this happen as i learned that matrabasti is very safe to practice and have lowest risk in in type of snehabasti so as i said there are many types of snehabasti matrabasti is one vasti uh, which is used in smaller quantity so here generally the person should have intolerance so when when there is kapha varna or the meda varna so when there is uh, when there are certain things coming into the way of uh, the vasti like similar materials uh, of uh, the oil in matrabasti also we are using oil or ghee no matter so we are using in a smaller quantity but we need to see that certain body tissues have similar properties like that of sneha like a oil or ghee so example kapha meda all these uh, uh, things especially mainly the kapha when we are uh, speaking about uh, the action of vasti uh, uh, here so if there is a kapha varna or there is excessive kapha if there is excessive ama in that particular condition we haven't analyzed the condition of the patient properly okay so if there is already an indigestion to that uh, particular person so in such conditions without analysis and we also have arha and anarha so like the eligibility and non eligibility which without looking into the proper eligibility of the patient to take the vasti so though, though this might not cause in many cases like oral sneha pana what we do no so when we take sneha so or uh, the medicated ghee or oil through the oral route uh, it may act on the agni so directly so but in vasti the action on the agni will be indirect in spite of that if the person is feeling some indigestion and indigestion related symptoms that means to tell that the person was not eligible to take the matra vasti though in a small quantity or there may be a small intolerance or it may be an initial reaction on the first or the second day it may get right on the other day so when the kashaya vasti is given on the following day those things may be corrected by the time the second uh, sneha vasti is given so generally it is a practice that matra vasti without kashaya vasti it is given almost continuously like daily because it is given in a smaller dosages or continuously giving uh, matra vasti on consequent day, uh, days so that might also have come into the way if not uh, the kapha and the other materials which are interfering with the mechanism of uh, uh, matra vasti or the prep uh, or the physician has done some uh, error in calculating or estimating the quantity of uh, matravasti or choosing the patient according to the eligibility and non eligibility so these are some of uh, the conditions or a climatic conditions uh, so where there is excessive cold shitakala in that particular condition also when uh, uh, matravasti is given or if matravasti is given to a person who has taken snigdha ahara so like the food which is having oil and ghee in excess or previous day the person has taken a plenty of food which has plenty of oil and ghee or some fried foods or something so in all those conditions and many other conditions many things can come into the way uh, so these are some of the conditions we can consider why there may be intolerance or indigestion and indigestion related problems occurring after matra vasti which shouldn't occur generally guru sir please with respect to this question i noticed
is that market as a patient was having low agni is that person maharabasi was given so there is a clarification there second thing maharabasi is usually given a dose of 30 to 50 ml to maximum and that that, that i have given to various of prakriti persons maharabasti not a single case i have come across any unusual things that patient may develop pain or patient said that his agni has gone down or he is feeling somewhat no nothing and of course it is even the experts who those doing Maharabasti, and that's the reason it is said Maharabasti can be given in any time. It may be after the food, even it may be before the food. Anything because the quantity of oil or the, the sneha what we use in this is very very less. Less. That reason, I don't think so. It will going to cause any issues. Maybe it's in coincidence observation what they have made about it. Thank you, there, sir. And uh, out of say 30 ml of addition given, was there any? Have you come across any study on like how much gets absorbed and how much gets eliminated? I know it's a very tough thing to measure because yeah, why? Not, not exactly, sir. I have not come across uh, how much it is absorbed and how much it is. Uh, so not sure about how much, yeah. if, if at all, if it is absorbed, how much it is absorbed. I don't think uh, I've come across some studies like that. And is lower abdominal pain? Yeah, it's difficult. Uh, <laughs> difficult tending towards. Once after the Mahatras is given, we need to ask the patient to pass the motion in a particular vessel or something like that. Then we can try to measure. But while measuring also, how to separate the snare from the other secretions of the colon or even the stool portion or the foot portions? It's very difficult to uh, separate them. It is not possible, technically. Yes, uh, but uh, uh, separating the fat portion from the feces is possible. I have seen a, a medical study, clinical study conducted in uh, in some Western country. I think there is a documentary on that is also available where they studied if yogurt decreases the amount of decreases or increases the amount of fat that is eliminated through fecal matter. In that you know, two groups were there. One was given yogurt and another one was not given yogurt. They were given very similar type of foods in terms of oiliness, oil and fat, etc. Everything is measured. And they were the fecal matter was collected on a daily basis and they, they separated the fat from the fecal matter and measured from the different group. And it was observed that yogurt group was eliminating more sneha in the fecal matter. Okay, so and uh, moving on to some other questions. I noticed that after Anuvasana Vasti, for a few days, the dryness of the skin reduces. Yeah, overall Snehana is the purpose of it. So in Vasti, the idea of delivery of herbs in oil and not the oil itself. So, the Raghuram what is the purpose of Vasti? Is it just a lubrication or pacification of Vata symptoms caused by Niruha? or does it have its own medicinal values? So Anvasana Pasti has a wide spectrum of action. So as I already said, wide spectrum, it is not just for lubrication. It is not just to control. So because we also have Vyadihara Vastis, uh, so specifically indicated not only to the doshas, but also the Vyadihara properties, dosha pratinika, vadi pratinika, both it is there. So they are meant to control Vata, and also associated pitta and kapha depends upon what type of oil or ghee we are using with uh, uh, which dosha specifying medicines they have been processed number one not only the dosha control so they also very much uh, to eradicate the diseases for which uh, they have been used for example let us take pakshagata or pakshavada so there is a hemiplegia such condition or a simple painful condition like a, a sandhigata vata 
so like uh, water symptoms increasing in the joints of the body leading to painful conditions so we have seen that even matravasti even without kashayavasti if it is given matravasti on a continuous uh, uh, regular basis so the pain pain and related uh, symptoms so this shows when the pain and other symptoms of sandhigatha vata or the movements in pakshavata pakshavada improve that also shows that it has a vadihara property so like oil or ghee so definitely apart from being a lubricant apart from being a dosha specifying or a dosha balancing effect they also have more reach so like they can eradicate the diseases also that also shows that pakshavada was caused by vata and that also shows that uh, uh, the primary control center of vata is pakvashaya so like uh, the colon so that is why when the medicines are given through the vasti they are the best in controlling the vata related uh, Uh, diseases and water-related conditions. So we should, we can also, we also know that uh, there are vastis which are given for pitta and kapha uh, in those conditions or association of pitta and kapha with water, some sort of doshas. So to conclude, anvasana vasti has a broad spectrum action apart from uh, lubrication and also the dosha specific action. Extending this explanation to astapana vasti also, yes, astapana vasti also has a similar magnitude of uh, action. Moreover, cleansing in comparison to the anuvasana. So anuvasana, moreover, a lubrication and the nourishing in comparison to the astapana, both hand in hand. There, it is a magnificent treatment which Ayurveda offers. That is why Ayurveda has said that the vasti is ardha chikitsa. So it is half of the treatment of all the half of all the treatments given or available to treat all the diseases. Vasti becomes half. So when we put vasti or enema. The medicated anima, astapana plus anuvasana, niruha with snehavasti on one side of the balance, and on other side we keep all the other treatments on another side. So vasti will always have an upper hand, and this also justifies that why is tantra and pradharaha concept that why is the formulation or the formula in the body which controls all the mechanisms, including the control of indriyas, controlling of manas, and controlling of other doshas, dhatu, everything. So water is the prime factor. So uh, astapan vasti and anusun vasti have broad spectrum action. Put together vasti, when we consider of the vasti, when we consider as a single uh, unit, it is ardha chikitsa, half of all the treatments. And and also the the ways in which the vasti acts cannot be like I think it's explained as achintya also. And one of the re reasons, you know, one of the ways in which it could be acting is like re re restoration of gut gut microbiome. Which is one of the main reasons for many autoimmune disorders, and autoimmune disorders, sort of all, many disorders, is one of the big indications for basti uh, chikitsa also. Um, uh, thank you for answering the question. But what I'm trying to really understand here is, uh, say, if we have this 30 ml of matra basti uh, that has all the herbs in it, uh, what I'm trying to understand is how much. Uh, of it, um, uh, I know that the answer that how much of it is absorbed or how much of it is left out is very difficult to gauge. But um, uh, what I want to know is how much is really giving so much relief. So what what is it? The herbal component in that 
um, because the oil seems to be too less. The 30 ml seems to be too less for the length of the colon and uh, to make any kind of, uh, it, it at least seems like to make any kind of big difference, the amount of oil seems to be less. So is it the combination of the oil and the herb or it's just absorption of say 5 ml or 10 ml is really good enough to give so much of improvement um, is my question. So very clear, in Matrabasti, we are using 25 to 30 ml or maximum to 50 ml of oil. And that oil is not simple oil, it will always be medicated oil. So it will have the, something like that, you are uh, able to fly and along with that you have a capacity to strike. So if these two things are combined, then that is called the medicated oil. Vata has Rukshaguna Pradhana, along with that it has also has many other things. So when only kashayas are given, which is the divide of Snehatva, so it is again as the Rukshata, I mean again as the Sneha. So whatever the continuously, if you give Niruha or Astapana, Basti or anything as a kashaya, then there is a chance of reduction of Snehatva locally in those colon area. And the colon area is being the center for Vata control and Pakvashaya. We need to give something which is in the form of Sneha. So that's why the capacity of the herbs which are able to act as Vatahara, they are being combined and um, developed into such an oils, those oils are given. And when we give only 30 ml to 50 ml, our intention is just to cleanse or correct or stabilize locally the Pakvashaya. That is usually in the upper or transverse or middle colon and it won't usually go beyond that. So intention is very clear to improve the things at the very center where it is is not going to cover the area of the colon. It's only the locally in the lung design to some extent that and which is a clear nullification and brings down the vata. When centrally the vata is controlled and brings brought down, automatically it has a uh, profound is to cover there. Because whenever we give uh, Madhuravasti, before that we are not going to evaluate a person that whether his colon contains anything other than that. Whether he has consumed any other uh, oils or something other is a food or maybe in the form of a medicine. Now, expect? Maybe he may expect in total after two minutes or maybe or one hour, half an hour. May not be expelling totally. Then how to evaluate? Then how to bifurcate is a snare presenting that it is only from the oil it is given to in the form of matrasti. It becomes an air. Not a lot of... Uh, but well, in matrabasti, the quantity of matrabasti itself is a lesser one. And definitely what amount of is the thing uh, understood that it is absorbed, it is also comparatively lesser. And the body, in order to keep all our pathways are in the maras, resources, and because vayu is the one which is able to carry the function and throughout the body, and the other two things, kapha and vitta being a pangu, they are lame, they cannot move by themselves, vata is required, and definitely this vata will help to recover all these things. That's the reason Madhuravasti is given in a small quantity. Locally it is absorbed and centrally in the Pakvashya where it is a Mulatana Vata that is stabilized. So for that purpose only it is given. Our intention of giving Matravasti is not to extend beyond the certain limit. But when the central is controlled, automatically the periphery also gets into control. Thank you, sir. And uh, there are a couple of more questions uh, regarding Crohn's disease. So with that, we come to this, uh, come to the end of this session. I thank you all the participants for your interesting questions. Namaste.